Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Welcome aboard the Walt Disney World Express Monorail, our highway in the sky. For those of you standing, please hold on to the handrails throughout our journey and stay clear of the doors. For the comfort of others, no smoking, please. Thank you. Hiya folks, you're listening to Two Men in the Mouse, episode 275, recorded live on the YDF Media Network on February the 15th, 2024. This is your everyday guide to the magic of Walt Disney World and the larger Disney universe beyond it. My name is Kevin Kessler, and I am joined as always by my good buddy, Peter Mandel. Hey, Kev. Hey, Pete, what is going on? Not much, you? Too much. <laughs> uh, folks, we are two lifelong Disney fanatics who have managed to keep the magic of Disney alive in our lives every day, and we want to share that magic with you. So pull up a chair, gather the family, or pop in your favorite set of headphones, and let's experience the magic together. Pete! Kevin. Man, I feel like I've been doing that um, that intro for like a decade. That's crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. Which It was funny because this month I have been doing that intro for a decade. Wow. Two Men and the Mouse turns 10 years old this month. 10 years we've been doing we've this? We've been doing Come this on, for 10 crazy. years. It does not feel like 10 years. It still feels like we started this like three years ago. And, and 10 years seems wild. I mean, when you when you look at the number of episodes that we have, it would support the the, the three years ago theory. But I, mean, like, I was like, wow, we should have had like, like we're not even, we're like, we're at 275. We should have been like double this by now. So, um, and speaking of which, you know, thank you guys for bearing with us for these last two weeks. We were, um, I, I was at MegaCon and, you know, was unable to do anything. And then I had my book was, then I had a book due. Um, <clears throat> And then we were going to record on Tuesday and like try to do extra bonus content for this week. But then you got snowed in. Yeah, we got snow on Tuesday. So that yeah. was my Tuesday morning. Yeah. So, yeah, we have uh, we've been dark for a little bit, but we are back and we are back to every week. And uh, yeah, Megacon was fantastic. Just incredible. All caps. Megacon. Megacon. Yeah. That's how you have Megacon to Megacon 2024. No, it was really, really good. Uh, you know, we did the the Harry Potter sorting hat ceremony. I actually had my own panel with Morty in the family zone where we oh, did nice. um yeah, we did like monster story time where he read a couple of storybooks to the kids. Um, it's funny, one of my friends was there and uh sent me a like picture of I don't know, the program or guide and was like, Is mm -hmm. this your buddy? I'm like, it sure is. Oh, it was in the it was in the program. Yeah, it was somebody. He sent me pictures of that. I was like, man, oh, that's I, him. I, I hadn't even thought that it would be in there. And I was like, man, I should have like, gone and like gotten one. Right? Seriously. Um, yeah, but yeah, the Harry Potter Sorting Hat ceremony went really well. I mean, it was just a really good time. It, a, lot, a great time was had by all. Uh, I managed to not spend a lot of money. Uh, everything I bought at this convention was actually for Rachel. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, like I got her like these Pokemon, like um, they, they make these like terrar Pokemon terrariums with like... Um, like the, like landscapes with like the Pokemon in them, and they look like Pokeballs. And so I got her the one of like the angry Jigglypuff. Oh, dude, you have to send me a picture of that. Yeah, no, it's pretty cool. I'll send you a picture of it. That. It's it's not big, like it's not like huge, but it's it's you know like it's bigger than your average Pokeball. But right, yeah, it, it, it's pretty neat. Um, uh, got her some stickers and stuff like that too. But yeah, for me, like I, you know what? No, that's not that's not true. I did. I met a couple of um YouTubers that I really like who um you know i'm a big fan of and so i bought their merchant i bought some of their merchandise um like one of them has a comic book out that i bought cool. another one has a novel and it was it was pretty cool 
Um, okay, so the um, uh, we've got a ton to get to today. Oh, by the way, MegaCon 2024 was great. I think MegaCon 2025 could be even better. I'm trying to put together some stuff. And if you're a Two Men in the Mouse fan, maybe, fingers crossed, there might be something to announce in the near future. That, oh, you that'd know. be fun. Yeah, would definitely be fun. I, I have high hopes for it, but, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. Um, all right. So we have news this week. We're pretty much going to be spending all we catch up on the news. Oh, by the way, thank you to our patrons for sticking with us for these last two weeks. Um, you know, I know we, you know, we haven't been able to really do much. We're going to make it up to you guys. We're, we're going to have we have a bunch of stuff planned for the next couple of weeks. So there's going to be lots of patron content coming as well over at patreon.com slash two men in the mouse. Um, you know, sometimes sometimes there's weeks where there's like an explosion of Patreon content. And sometimes there's weeks where it's more sparse. So, you know, but the content's always going to be coming out. All right. In the news this week, worldwide news. Disney has given updated timelines for parks experiences through 2026. So as part of this week's quarterly earnings report, uh, this was last week, Disney has released its latest official timeline for major openings of parks and experiences through 2026. Disney notes that the list is not exhaustive, and we have uh, added the already announced Country Bear Musical Jamboree and Little Mermaid, a musical adventure for completeness. Other confirmed Walt Disney World projects, including the reimagining of Epcot's test track and the Zootopia replacement of its stuff to be a bug at Disney's Animal Kingdom, remain without any timeline. But here is the updated Parks and Experiences opening event. Fantasy Springs at Tokyo Disney Resort, uh, June 6, 2024. Disney Lookout Key at Lighthouse Point at, for Disney Cruise Line will open in June of 2024. And the Disney Vacation Cabins at Fort Wilderness will open July 1st, 2024 at Walt Disney World. The Disney Treasure will have its maiden voyage on December 21st, 2024. And uh, the Disney Vacation Club at the Polynesian Resort will be late 2024, which thank, I can't wait till that's done being built because I'm tired of that eyesore construction. Yep. Tiana's Bayou Adventure still has an opening date of 2024. We're going to get a little bit more specific about that later on in the news. Um, and that's going to be at both Disneyland and Walt Disney World. The Country Bear Musical Jamboree is slated for this summer, 2024. So that's a pretty quick turnaround. Yeah. I guess they just, they just really have to, like, reprogram a few things. And, the, you know. Uh, new Star Tours characters and stories coming in 2024 to Disneyland, Walt Disney World, and Disneyland Paris. Epcot Communicore Hall and Plaza has an opening date of just 2024 for now. Uh, I will remind you that was supposed to open before the end of 2023. Uh, the Little Mermaid, a musical adventure for the fall of 2024 at Hollywood Studios and Walt Disney World. Uh, Story Living by Disney, which is a Catino welcomes its first residence, will be Story Living by Disney Catino 2025. I don't even know what that is. Me neither. Disney Adventure to operate in Southeast Asia will be fiscal year 2025, and that will be part of Disney Cruise Line. The third Wish Class ship will also be coming in fiscal year 2026 from Disney Cruise Line. So we are going to have the Wish, the Treasure, and then whatever the next Enchantment or whatever it's going to I don't know. Imagine like Enchantment I, I, enchantment on the Sea instead of Enchantment Under the Sea. I mean, it, it, Enchantment Under the Sea would nice. be bad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't want to go there. That's what, that's why your kids don't want to take a cruise. Uh, but yeah, so lots of lots of stuff coming out. All right, look at that. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I was just I was just at Disney yesterday for Valentine's Day um, with Rachel. Obviously, uh, I didn't just go by myself. The uh, we we had a picnic on the the hub grass where we got Casey's corner. She got uh, corn dog nuggets, and I got what is basically the barbecue slaw dog. You know, hot dog, pulled pork, coleslaw, and then they put like a chipotle barbecue sauce on it. So we did that. 
And but it was super crowded. But I will say uh, the princesses were out with their princes. We saw Rapunzel and Flynn, you nice. know, like Tiana Hendeveen. And so they were they, they still do that. I think they weren't doing it for a while after the pandemic, but they are back to doing that now. I'm trying to think what else. Oh, we did like Big Thunder Mountain and, and stuff like that. And, you know, then we went to Disney Springs for a minute. Um, I got this new Muppet Show phone case there. Oh, look at that. Yeah, it's really nice. And uh, yeah, then we now that I have an iPhone, I can like actually get some of these like Disney phone cases because you Disney can participate anything for, for Samsung. I almost got the ear like an, an AirPods uh, case. But then I was like, I don't know if they like if you could still do the wireless charging because I have like a, a like a thing on my nightstand that basically charges my phone, right. my watch and my AirPods at the same time. Um so, you know, having having one with the Kingdom Hearts characters on it doesn't, you know. Trump get, the usage. Trump the convenience. Yes. Yes. Uh, all right. So resort news. 1900 Park Fair. We haven't talked about 1900 Park Fair in a long time. Uh, so it has apparently been closed. It is reopening soon to feature new characters and fresh decor. After a long closure, Disney's Grand Floridian Resort and Spa is set to reopen its fan favorite 1900 Park Fair restaurant on April the 10th, 2024. And here is what guests can expect. Character dining. Guests will dine alongside favorite Disney characters such as Aladdin in his Prince Ali attire. Okay. Cinderella, Mirabelle, and Tiana showcasing her new look for Tiana's Bayou Adventure. The Royal Buffet offerings uh, will be for bre- breakfast and dinner. And it will feature returning dishes like the strawberry soup and new culinary creations inspired by Disney characters and stories. The heritage and decor uh, will change as the dining room pays homage to its history with Big Bertha, an antique organ, and incorporate carousel theming, including a new mural and carousel animal drawings inspired by Disney films. So, whole new. I was just going to ask you: Does anyone really like 1900 Park Fair? I used to love 1900 Park Fair. I always I went once. I thought it was okay, but you're in a room with like no windows. Like it, yeah, it's an odd. I thought the food was okay, mm-hmm. but then when you read those characters that are going to be there, I'm like, oh, good. I might have to do this. Yeah, like Aladdin and Prince Ali attire right there. I was like, well, really? Like, like Mirabelle's going to be there? Oof, I'm Ooh, be, yeah, Mirabelle. Well, Mirabelle's in Magic Kingdom now. I know. I got. I don't have a Mirabelle picture. I need that. You have to get that. Yeah, love and Canto. Encanto's a great, uh, great time. Somebody was like, "Oh, they got to do Encanto too." I'm like, I, I don't think Encanto needs a sequel. I, yeah, I don't, I don't need another. Look, one. they're they're going sequel crazy right now because they're desperate because everything new that they try to do falls on its face. But I'm like, Encanto is one that is not like Inside Out too. Cool, I'm here for this. There's a story to be Me told. Yep. You know, like there's a logical story. Frozen Three, I'm here for this too. After After Frozen Two, I was like, okay, like there's one more story here, like for sure. Um, Moana too. I don't know. I felt like Moana wrapped itself up pretty nicely. I, I didn't feel like I needed a second Moana, yeah. but you know what? I mean, like, I'm not going to say no to it because I loved the first Moana, but then I heard Lin-Manuel Miranda's not doing the music. So I'm like, is it even going to feel like Moana? I thought that was a weird announcement. Yeah. Well, and they're moving production of it to Vancouver instead of Burbank. Did you hear that? God, I didn't. And they were like, um, I, I watched this I, this film threat with uh, Chris Gore. He used to work for G4 back when mm-hmm. that was a thing. And he was like, uh, uh, he was like, yeah, they apparently they told every all the animators in Burbank that there will be no layoffs. And just so you guys know, that is exactly what they told us at G4 right before they laid everybody off. <laughs> so, 
Uh, water park news. Typhoon Lagoon is reopening in March, which means Blizzard Beach will be closing. Uh, okay. Now, I've got, I'm going to go on a little rant here, but first I'll do. Uh, Typhoon Lagoon opens to guests on March 17th, and Disney is continuing its post-pandemic water park plan into 2024, leaving only one of the two parks open at a time. Blizzard Beach uh, is available now through March 16th and will be closed for refurbishment beginning March 17th. I got the water park option. I've wanted to go to Blizzard Beach. It has been too cold to go to Blizzard Beach since it reopened, and now it's going to close next month. I mean, you could go maybe if it opens and not do anything. I mean, I, I pretty much told Rachel, I'm like, we are going to Blizzard Beach like within the next couple weeks, like hell or high water. We have to go to this thing. Is it has it been warm enough or no? No, not really. Like, yeah. you know, yesterday was in like the 60s. Right. You know, we, we were talking. So but it looks like next weekend might be getting up into the upper 70s. And like once we're once we're above like 72 degrees, that's when I'm like, I can go in a pool. Right. I know, she, Rachel can't like like she's a Floridian through and through like if it's if it's not above like 78 she's not going anywhere near water right. uh, alright no Disney Springs news this week but in Magic Kingdom news the Country Bear Jamboree is officially closed forever well, at least that version of it is closed forever uh, or for forever or until they're like hey you all hated this new show and now we're bringing back the original <laughs> just for Disney you Disney would do that would they no, never. They would, they would never put something under new management and then change it back. <laughs> I mean, to, in to, in in that um in that instance, I mean the 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 tiki gods themselves rebelled. Yeah. they actually smited <laughs> and lit that the, show lit the entire thing on fire. Uh, the doors of Grizzly Hall at Magic Kingdom are now closed. The Country Bear Jamboree begins its transportation into the Country Bear Musical Jamboree. Uh, there are no construction walls, just a sign letting guests know of the closure. The sign says, bear with us. We're rehearsing a brand new show. Um, a temporary stage is currently in front of Grizzly Hall, which will be used for the upcoming cast member service celebration. Uh, looking ahead to the new show, which opens in the summer of 2024, Disney says the country bears are getting ready to put on a new show that pays homage to the Opry style shows of Nashville. All the country bear musical jamboree will include Easter eggs from the beginning to the end, including a familiar tune fans may remember. The bears will sing new reinterpreted Disney tunes in a different in different genres of country music like bluegrass, pop country, Americana, rockabilly and other styles. I can't wait to hear when will my life begin as sung by Taylor Swift. Uh, <laughs> Um, no, that was the first song that popped into my head, but I mean, with the with the one familiar song, it's gotta be "Blood on a Saddle." What else could it be? What are they gonna do? Like, um, Davy Crockett? Like, right? What else are we gonna have that raccoon do? Which is really funny. My son was talking about this at dinner maybe two weeks ago, and that it, you know was closing, and the new show is coming. And my wife is like, "Oh, I can't wait because she can't stand blood on the saddle and we were just like "Ooh, well Ooh. <laughs> it might still be there yeah uh so disney has announced an opening period for tiana's bayou adventure in a and with and along with a first look at new animatronics uh disney has announced that tiana's bayou adventure will open to guests at walt disney world in the summer of 2024 and disneyland later in 2024 Splash Mountain had its last day of operation on January 22nd, 2023, and a summer opening of Tiana's Bio Adventure represents an impressive timeline for the reimagining effort, months ahead of the original late 2024 announcement. I am impressed by that. That is like that is a quick turnaround, a year and a half. Unless this is Disney's new thing, like, hey, let's tell them the wait time is 100 minutes, mm -hmm. but it's really only 60. Under promise and over deliver. Right. 
The earliest and most optimistic estimates place opening around Memorial Day, late May at Magic Kingdom, but Disney has yet to make any official announcement beyond summer 2024. There will also likely be various rounds of previews for cast members, annual pass holders, DVC members, Club 33, and it remains to be seen how these soft openings will fit into the timeline. Disney also today shared a first look at the Tiana audio animatronic that will be part of the attraction, and also confirmed there will be dozens of entirely new audio animatronic figures, along with Princess Tiana, Louis, Mama Odie, and um, we will also see Eudora, Charlotte, Prince Ralphie, Prince Naveen, and others. Watch, uh, then they have a video here on the article on www.magic.com of the animatronic have you seen this animatronic i did it looks incredible it looks fantastic i was really shocked that they're not doing the digital faces anymore i'm really happy me too because i mean we've all gone on to frozen at one point and elsa had no face <laughs> yep i i was i was really really impressed by this one yeah it looked very good it was it was emoting really cool it was just very very neat all right tiana's bayou adventure is also now testing they're they're testing it out over there at Walt Disney World. So the Rhine system testing has begun at Tiana's Bayou Adventure as logs are once again taking the 40 mile per hour, 52.5 feet plunge from the top of the former Splash Mountain. Following yesterday's announcement that Tiana's Bayou Adventure will open in the summer 2024, Walt Disney Imagineers began testing the logs that night. Um, the test is the first time the ride has cycled since its closure, since the closure of Splash Mountain in January 2023. While the logs are carried over from Splash Mountain, the only visible change is that Br'er Rabbit has been removed from the front of the ride vehicle. With the ride system remaining unchanged from Splash Mountain, the height requirement at Tiana's Bayou Adventure remains 40 inches with a ride time of about 11 minutes. Was it about the same for Splash Mountain 11 minutes? Yeah, sounds like it. Yeah, I guess it would have to be. Have you seen the way that like Splash Mountain, like like the mountain itself looks different now? Yep. Like they took the tree out and just looks completely different. It looks cool. Yeah, I mean, it looks neat. You know, when I kind of had that moment where like, the, oh, you've redecorated. I don't like it. Uh, <laughs> so it actually, changes changes hard sometimes. I actually said it yesterday when we went we went into the um the Christmas store in Disney Springs, and like they've added like this big long counter for like the personalization of ornaments. They've like re they like reworked the entire store. Like everything is in different places, and I was I said oh. They've re they've redecorated. I don't like it. Like it's you know at the end of the day it's fine. But I always it's kind of like the joke I always have to say. Right. Um. It's the joke in Doctor Who whenever and whenever an old doctor walks into the new Doctor's TARDIS, they always go, "Oh, you've redecorated. I don't like it." Uh, but uh, so Animal Kingdom news: the first baby Okapi will be joining Disney's Animal Kingdom in over a decade, or has wow. joined. Yeah. Disney's Animal Kingdom at Walt Disney World recently celebrated the birth of a baby Okapi named Elijah, the first Okapi birth at the park since 2012 and the 14th of this endangered species at the resort. Born in October and initially weighing 46 pounds, Elijah has grown to 165 pounds and is now visible to guests on the Gorilla Falls Exploration Trail alongside his mother. The, his birth is part of the Association of Zoos and Aquarium Species Survival Plan, which aims to responsibly breed endangered species threatened by issues like poaching and habitat loss. Elijah is named in honor of a long-serving cast member, also named Elijah, who joined Magic Kingdom Park in 1973 and later moved to Animal Kingdom's horticultural department in 1998. This cast member has been instrumental in creating and maintaining the habitats for various animals at the park, including Okapis with dedication and passion. I like that they named him after one of the cast members. I like that too. They, they must be really excited about that. I know sometimes 
you know, when you go I mean, 10 years, more than 10 years, mm-hmm. a stretch like that, you probably yeah. get nervous about breeding and stuff. Yeah. O- Okapi are really interesting animals. Like if you, if they are um, very often associated with the zebra because um, the, uh, the legs of the Okapi have zebra stripes on them. And um, it's actually, they are the closest living relative of the giraffe. If you look at their heads, they're very similar to giraffes. They, yeah, they have the prehensile tongue like the giraffes. Um, the, yeah, the zebra the zebra print legs are just kind of like a, you know, it, it's a camouflage thing. But they are they are in no way related to zebras. It mm. looks almost like they're wearing like, you know, like Lululemon, like zebra print leggings. Right. Like, you know, uh, they are they were originally called the ghost of the forest because up until the early 1900s they were believed to be like a myth like a mythological creature people would be like they'd be like i saw it i saw this this horse this this giraffe with zebra legs and people were like yeah okay uh it's just crazy old man mcnabbit like i don't know why an old irish man would be in in africa but you get what i'm saying (laughs) the uh the, um, I like that. Ghost of the Forest sounds like a Miyazaki character. Oh, it does. Rachel's been watching these Miyazaki films. Like, well, they're so usually, good. When I work, like, I typically like she'll usually put on something that's Japanese because, like, it won't draw my attention because it doesn't like sound like words to me, right? Um, yet because now I'm trying to learn Japanese, so eventually I'll be able to understand it. Uh, but by the way, I want to learn Japanese specifically to like go to Tokyo Disney. Oh, nice. Well, I mean, to go to Japan in general, I want to really be a, right. so like I try to learn. I got so excited. There was like this thing about like a language learning program on MetaQuest for the VR where you get to like interact with people and like it hears your voice and it just how you speak. And I'm like, oh, this is great. This is going to be so much better than like Duolingo. They only have Spanish, French and English. And I'm like, well, I know English kind of. but And I have no desire to learn Spanish or French. I mean, maybe I should learn French so that when those when those words pop up that for the, like the food items for the festivals, I'm not like, you know, stumbling all <laughs> over, but, um, yeah. So I, once it has, I, I put in like, there's like, what languages do you want to learn? I'm like Japanese. Okay. We don't have that Italian. Okay. We don't have that Chinese. No, we don't have that. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, and it, they don't even have, they, they didn't even list that the, I would like to learn, um, Cantonese. Okay. Instead of Mandarin, but the only one they have is Mandarin. Which I get it. It's more people use it. But like, you know, when I was at the Kung Fu Temple, like they spoke Cantonese and I liked it. So <sighs> um, so speaking of Animal Kingdom, uh, we have made plans for my birthday this April. And I believe we are going on the Savor the Savannah tour. Oh, originally we were going to do the Wild Africa Trek. And then so I guess Rachel like just booked it to like surprise me. But she accidentally booked Savor, Savor the Savannah instead. And then I looked into it last night and I'm like, oh, I think I, I don't change it. I think I kind of like this better. Like, I mean, the, I, I'm i a fan of the other one only because Saber Savannah is like alcohol and I don't drink. So it's kind of a waste for me. I mean, it's a lot of food, but it's yeah, like the private you get food. You get food on the other I'm one. I'm like, too. well, I'm like, well, what's the difference here? You don't walk across the rickety bridge. Dude, the rope bridges are are so cool. Yeah. Well. I'm I'm good with this. The the Saver Savannah was more affordable anyway. Why? Well, why? Like, it is cheaper. You're right. I want you to do it because I want to know how it is. So you're saying it's cool, but you've never done it. The Saver the Savannah. Oh oh oh! You've done Wild Africa Trek, but not I've Saver. done Wild Africa Trek. Okay, I haven't done Saver the Savannah. Yeah, I mean, I'll definitely tell you how it. We can and we can compare. Like you know, we'll do a show yeah, where we I like would compare love and contrast the two. 
um that'd be cool so that'll be like in, that'll be in april um we're, we're going to do that so uh, I can't wait. You know, like the the safari is my favorite Disney attraction. It is because I think it's the most unique. I think that you know when you go on the safari, you never have the same experience twice. I mean, I've seen insane things on this safari. You know, like we a some, giant mechanical sun, like a giant mechanical LED sun. Yes. Uh, you know, I have seen uh, I, I've seen all manner of things. Uh, some of which I can't talk about on the show. <laughs> but have you ever you know. seen anyone? Have you ever seen someone lose something out of the truck? No, I've never actually seen that happen. I haven't either. You know, knock wood. I don't really want to. Mm-hmm. It's so funny because, like, I'm just like, man, I wish I could just like take the microphone because at this point, like, I know all the animal right. facts. Like, you just heard me <laughs> spout off about the Okapi because we, we, I do the safari literally all the time. So, like, I know all the animal facts, and I, I have like little jokes that I make like during it a lot. Next time you go on and you see the Okapi, can you scream "Ghost of the Forest"? <laughs> I should. Like, you're completely surprised. We, oh, I, we've had a really good string of great safari guides lately like great and like and that. that that's really been great the 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 thing that always it's always stinks when you get a bad one like we had there was, there was one safari the guy like didn't talk at all and he um and there were like no animals out like we saw nothing to the point where there was like a duck swimming by like in the water. And I was like, to your left, you could see the North American duck. The green plumage <laughs> on the head represents the male of the species. Funny. Actually, my friend said, fun fact about ducks. You know, they spend most of their life swimming around in the water, but they actually cannot get wet due to a due to a solution like an oil on their feathers. The lady like in front of me turned around and goes, bit of a smart Alec, aren't you? I was like, yeah, she didn't say Alec, but family show. Yeah, I love the safari, man. And like getting to so like originally I was like, oh, do I want to do the wild Africa trek or do I want to do keys to the kingdom? I, I decided the safari is my favorite thing, so I want to do something to do with the safari. I'm just it fascinates me. It really does. Like the uh I love that now they give you the they give you like a disclaimer where they're like, there's an animal spotting guide above your heads, but it hasn't been updated since 1997, so it might be a little outdated. <laughs> Which is true. There's a lot of animals on there that aren't there anymore. Right. Uh, but, you know, I, I want to see the baby elephant. And I think the um, and, you know, I haven't seen it yet in the two safaris we've taken since the baby elephant was born. So hopefully soon. But I remember one time I saw these two elephants. They were like they were brothers. There was two of the male ones. And one of them like literally like was pulling back on like a tree stump that was like half hanging out of the thing. And the other one was looking at it from the other side. And it let go, and the tree stump blew forward and hit the other elephant in the head. <laughs> Yikes. And I was like, yeah, I've done that with my brother. <laughs> I remember one time we were in the pool, and we were kids, and I looked at my brother Dan, and I was like, huh, because I was thinking about like things I saw in Looney Tunes, and he, had, he was wearing goggles. And so I grabbed his goggles. I said, hey, watch this. And I pulled his goggles back no. with his head, and I let go. And he was like, oh. <laughs> That's so mean. I was a little kid. I was like seven, like which means he was like four. <laughs> I thought uh, it would be funny. I thought maybe all my life I've been trying to make people laugh, Peter. <laughs> well, think... what's cool is you you could be like, you know what? Decades from now, this is gonna be funny. Yeah, no, now it's hysteric. Now it's hilarious. Right. I love it now. At the time, you know, no one in my family thought it was very funny. I'm sure uh, Dan holds no resentment about that. I'm sure he doesn't remember it. <laughs> It was a, it was, a, it was quite the knock on the head. He probably has no memory of it. 
the uh oh man the do you ever do you ever have those things with your with your brother where it's like funny things from childhood that just kind of never go away huh i don't know i don't funny know if I do, stories actually. oh man we I'll tell you. I'll have to tell you one after we go off the air. But my brother Rob, that we we always said that like if one of us is our, is your best man at your wedding, like this story is getting told, and uh, and I gotta give it to my brother. He did it. He wow. did it. And when he told the story, I literally like stood up and applauded. It's like I can't believe you did it. That's great. Ah. Uh, um. Okay, so Hollywood Studios news. You know that new snack location on Grand Avenue that I've been so curious about? Yep. It is apparently a Coca-Cola location. Okay, what does that mean? So we're going to find out together. The new Coca-Cola location on Grand Avenue looks to be nearing completion as the finishing details are being installed. It is called Ice Cold Hydraulics. The artwork is now in place in the walls facing the Muppet Theater, and the exterior of the building looks to be complete. The side facing the baseline tap house has space for a marquee and two serving windows labeled one and two. The kiosk is on the main walkway into Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, and the original snack kiosk in the area has been moved across the street. And that is all the information they're giving us. All right, not much. You know what I would really love, and I don't think Disney will ever do it. Like, why not just put like sell refillable cups and give us the the um the Coke freestyle machines like universal does. Cause they, it, and it, at first I was like, Oh, maybe universal has like a thing on it. And like, they can't, that's not the case because Disney does it in the water parks. Yeah. And some of the, like there are freestyle machines in some of the hotels. I think Caribbean beach has one. Uh, Polynesian has one too. I think. No, in it the doesn't. Core. Polynesian um, doesn't have one. Um, you know something really interesting. If you go on to Coke's, you know, not that I'm obsessed with Sprite Zero or anything, but if you go no, on not to at all. Coke's website, you can actually locate all of the freestyle machines in whatever area you're in. Really? So you can look up, like, you know, Disney and see all the freestyle machines. Now, so let me like, just say, I don't know how accurate it is because it said that there's one in Beach Club that's kind of like, you know, off limits to us. Okay. And I, I was really curious. I think I actually even asked someone if there's a freestyle machine back there. Um, <laughs> but it, but you can locate them all, you know, with I a grain sense, of salt. I sense a freestyle machine in this area. <laughs> I can feel it. I can feel the ability to get grape Sprite Zero somewhere around here. You know what's really interesting is that the beach club, like little food courty, I mean, that's not the right word for it. Their little store that has food, like has old school soda machines and has Sprite Zero in it. That's really weird. Like that's odd. As someone who I like, can never find Sprite Zero, I'm like, wow, that's I mean, weird. You used to be the biggest Diet Coke guy that I know. Yeah, yeah. You had You had kind of a Diet Coke addiction. Yeah, and then I kind of gave that up, and I and to be honest with you, I've cut down soda so much that like you know, but if I am gonna have a soda, it is gonna be a Sprite Zero. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a Coke Zero guy. Like I'm always right. I'm always looking for that Coke Zero. I will do the Diet Coke if there's no Coke Zero. But at home now, we've kind of like instituted a no soda in the house, but it's fine to get it outside of the house. I I like that. Yeah, like it, it helps me because I know that if it's here, I will drink. I will binge drink it like it's, right. you know, it's all I'll drink. Um, and that's how, you know, during book deadlines, I get dehydrated. Um, that and energy drinks. <sighs> I gotta say, though, these energy, I, I really hope that like Disney starts like stocking something other than Monster in its like 
you know, in, in its stores for energy drinks. Like C4, right. C4 has kind of become like, like the best, I think. For a while, it was Rain, which is um, which is made by Monster. Uh, but I feel like Rain, they've kind of like pulled back on Rain a lot in a lot of stores. And C4 now, C4 has a Skittles flavor that is really wonderful. Okay. They um, And then I forget which one it is. It's not C4, but another one has like a, like Sour Patch Kids and like Swedish Fish flavor. And they actually do taste like it. Now, C4 has red and pink Starburst flavors, but they are gross. Okay. Don't ever, don't ever be fooled by it like I was. Though, so C4 just came out with my new favorite one, Cherry Ice Pop. And it legitimately tastes like a cherry ice. Oh, that pop. sounds good. You know what's really weird? Starburst. And again, I don't have Starburst very often, but I am the weird, like, I like the lemon one. Yeah, it's pretty weird. I don't want the pink one or the red. The red one oh. tastes like medicine to me. Oh no! See, I love I love the pink first and foremost. Pink pink will always be my my. my right. Well, I know you can buy whole bags of the pink. Yes, you can. You can buy. You used to be able to buy them all the red too. Interesting. And then they sell some that are just pink and red. Kind of a I'm kind of a Starburst connoisseur. So I would. I'm the weirdo. I wouldn't mind one that was just all yellow or yellow no, and orange. I, you will never get that. I guarantee you, you'll never. But get this that. is why, like, we're like such good friends. Like, we should really just have Starburst together. I know. We would be no fighting over them. Nope. Be perfect. Like when I'm having Starburst and Rachel's like, "Can I have one?" and I try to like give her an orange one, she's like, "Are you kidding me?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's almost like you don't love her anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, I loved Starburst first. <laughs> I always see it's funny. I always tell people like uh, my daughter when she was six, she, you know, we were asking her what she wants for her birthday. And she's like, I just want, you know, she's a summer birthday. She's like, I just want bathing suits. And I'm like, as a, as a, you know, growing up as a boy, like if you gave me a bathing suit for my birthday, that meant you didn't love me anymore. Oh my God. Yeah. Like I would be like, <laughs> what is this? Right. <laughs> I'm like, oh, girls, very different than boys. I, I'll, I'll never forget. There was a great joke from uh, Roseanne, which was not really a show that I watched a lot as a kid. But it, it was, um, I was, this one joke always stuck with me. It's Christmas time and all the presents are under the tree. And like DJ, the, the kid, the boy, he comes over and he starts shaking them all. And he's like, close, close, close. And like all his presents are closed. And he like goes away all dejected. <laughs> and like, uh, the sister looks at Roseanne and she goes, we wrapped all of the toys in clothes. My grandmother would do that for me. <laughs> yeah. I can remember getting Secret Wars figures, which those of you who are old enough, like was like the coolest thing for a Marvel Comics kid. Right. And she would put them under clothes and like, you know, clothes on the bottom, clothes on the top. The figures were in the middle. I'm like, oh, that's a pretty good way to get me to open everything that's in the box. For sure. Uh, okay. So Disney has in Hollywood Studios news, Disney has posted... Um, Casting notices for the Little Mermaid show. Among the roles being cast are Ariel and Prince Eric, with Ariel required to be a lyrical pop soprano with belt to C. Uh, Disney recently announced that the Little Mermaid musical adventure will be fully reimagined, a fully reimagined theatrical production inspired by the Walt Disney Animation Studios classic The Little Mermaid, and will debut in the newly refreshed Animation Courtyard Theater in the fall of 2024 at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Uh, so there you go. That that's kind totally of like reimagined, but we're keeping all the bubbles and lasers, please, and all the puppets. Like, yeah, I just <laughs> yes. need all of that. Um, all right. Well, that does it for the news this week. Nice. Well, we do have one more news item, but I'm I kind of want to make it our e-ticket attraction of the week. So uh Okay, what's up? Yeah. So all right, folks. Uh we'll be right back with our e-ticket attraction right after this. This is Bill Farmer, and you're listening to Two Men and the Mouse. 
Folks, we love to talk about Walt Disney World on this show. For the last 10 years, that has kind of been our thing. You know, it's, you know, we love Walt Disney World, you know. But for this week, for, you know, right as we're about to turn 10 years old, I think it's time to take a look outside of Walt Disney World because there's some big news popping up in the Orlando area that has nothing to do with Disney. In fact, I believe it is being done in spite of Disney, and that is the upcoming Universal Epic Universe theme park. That is, uh, so we have known for a while that Universal is adding a third gate or technically a fourth gate since they, for some reason, consider their water park to be their third theme park uh, to the equation here. And Epic Universe seems like it's going to be pretty epic. Uh, they recently released a video. They haven't announced a lot of the attractions yet, other than like there's going to be a lot of really cool attractions. But we do know what is going on with the um, the different lands, the different universes that you get to travel to. We know how it's laid out. We know, and you know, we, we have a little bit of information about each area. So I thought this week for our e-ticket attraction of the week, Pete and I will break down Universal's Epic Universe. All right. So are you ready for this? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, so Epic Universe looks like it's kind of designed almost almost like in the style of the Magic Kingdom where it's kind of like hub and spoke, but like, I don't know, it's kind of not because it's not like a, it's, there's not like a big circular area in the middle of it. Right. So, but it is kind of like Magic Kingdom where you have that central area and then you have things that branch off, uh, which, you know, pretty cool. I mean, it's a, it's, it works. It is definitely a thing that works. So. We, first, when you walk into Epic Universe, so Epic Universe also has one other game-changing thing here. The Helios Hotel is going to be in the park. Which is a must for me. Yeah. What do you think that's going to cost? I can't even imagine. 500 rooms. That's inside it. Inside of a theme park. Yeah. It's going to be... It's it's gonna be there's gotta be a, like a back end like a back entrance to it right Where yeah, like, yeah of course there will be yeah because yeah, like you're not gonna like after hours you're not gonna be able to walk out into the park right um i'm telling you it's gonna be an absurd amount of money yeah it's gonna probably be a do once type thing and i imagine yeah. it's also gonna be very hard to get a room the first for, year or two for a while yeah i mean this is gonna be it's gonna be packed regardless so like i um I never really gave thought to where Epic Universe was. And as I was driving to Megacon, I like to go to Megacon through the back, the back entrance right. of the the um, Orange County Convention Center. And like right there on that, I'm like, I remember saying to Rachel as we drove into Megacon on Sunday, I'm like, I love this entrance. People don't ever come down this road. It's nice and bare and, you know, like, like quiet. And she goes, yeah, well, that's not going to be for long. And I said, why? And she like points to this big open area. She goes, that's Epic Universe. And I said, is it? And like sure enough i looked and like i could see some of the stuff and i was like oh yep. man i've been driving by this thing for like three years and i've never like uh you know even noticed um it's gonna be pretty far away from the other parks i mean and so is so are the disney parks but you're going through like international drive to get there so i'm assuming shuttle buses universal has also hinted that there's going to be some kind of other version of travel to epic universe eventually in the future so air balloons I'm wondering if there's going to be some kind of Hogwarts Express type situation going hmm. or like a monorail or, or something that's going to cross over um, International Drive to to get to Epic Universe. So, Listen, the, you know, you know, I'm excited about it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. That video that I watched, it's a good hype video. But at the same time, any hype video that starts with a splash zone okay <laughs> like but you, you know, know what like it's the very definition of a teaser trailer 
And like yeah. we've seen teaser trailers yeah. for things before, and I've been like, "This looks terrible," and you're like, "Give it time; it's a teaser trailer." So you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Peter Mandel hat for yeah, a second. No, listen, like, I'm positive this is gonna be great. Yeah, positive. But they also in that same video show a jam packed opening day islands of adventure and like and i'm not i'm not saying Islands of Adventure isn't great but like you know i mean let's let's see what epic universe is let me let me i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna one up you here islands of adventure is not that great no that, but that's what i'm saying they're but, showing us look at this this place is packed it's like mm-hmm. well yes it, uh, in the beginning it was packed yeah listen i'm uh, you know how i feel about this you always think that universal is going to be able to compete with disney and i I'm telling you, unless they change. I am not. I know. Their... I've I've started thinking that maybe the last like th- two to three years. I never thought well, yeah. it before. Well, no, because ten years ago you refused to go to Universal. No, I would go to Universal. I just didn't like it. You just hated it. Yeah. Listen, food and lodging. They they need. That's the difference mm-hmm. between Disney and Universal. Hundred percent. I I will counterpoint you on this one. Um. Because I look, I'm the first one to agree with you on this always because it's true. But I think that in these in these situations, you have to look at what they've done lately and like so what's new and kind of hold that as the standard for what they're going to be doing going forward in an entirely new theme park that's not built off of existing, you know, anything. Um, that Minions Cafe, I would put it up there with right. any quick service restaurant Disney has got any of them. It was so good. Like I couldn't get over it. The theming was great. The food was great. The service was great. It was just an amazing experience. That the Minions Cafe, and like I'm not even like super into the Minions, but like it was just good. It was just a good time. Um, the food was even themed. You had French fries in the shape of Minions. Like if that's the level of of care and attention that's being put into new things now, then then the the, the Orlando scene is about to get shaken up a little bit. I'm not saying they're going to overtake or become number one. I'm just saying, like, right, right. No, and, I know. and here's the other thing. That's not a bad thing. It's not because competition is what creates competition is what gives birth to creativity. Because when you're not, when you're solidly number one, the way Disney was, has been for years and years, you know, Universal was nowhere near challenging them. You get complacent. You 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 don't put as much into it because you don't have to because you're generating enough money. Now, if there's somebody coming up the pipeline behind you that's ready to overtake you, you have to break into a sprint to to widen that gap again, which means Disney's going to have to really up their game. And and I think that's great. I think the rising tide there is going to raise all ships. I think Universal and Disney are both going to have really <clears throat> amazing new innovative things. Going into the future, and unless you think maybe Disney secretly has a fifth gate planned for like, you know, seven eight years from now, I don't think it's ever going to happen. I ne- I, don't I, don't think think, I, I don't think it's if ever going to. Me the bet on it, I would. I think I think I ending a I think ending a fifth gate is just it's a little bit too ambitious. I think that running five theme parks, it, the cost of it is just going to be so insane. Right. That that I think if they added a fifth gate, they would have to raise prices to such an extreme that you would have a not quite to this extreme, but it would be kind of similar to to the to the Galactic Star Cruiser experience, where like it's so expensive that just nobody goes to it. Right. Um. So, all right. Let's let's walk our way through through um 
Epic Universe here. The heart of Epic Universe is Celestial Park. So that's where you first go in. Is I like the, the name. Yes, the first world guests encounter. Now, more details about Epic Universe, including the debut of an interactive preview center at Universal City Walk later this year, will offer a sneak peek at the new theme park. Um, and that will be eventually revealed. So Celestial Park, as soon as you enter... You embark on a journey through lush living gardens nestled among shimmering waters surrounded by architecture inspired by astronomical and mythological elements. I love this concept. It, it look it looks beautiful too. Like the concepts art art that I've seen looks gorgeous. Um, which I think at this point it's it's not concept art anymore. Like it's just like what it's going to be because right. um, they're like already you know a year away from opening. So guests can relax while taking in the sights and sounds around them. Board a shooting comet for a roller coaster adventure, dine, shop, and more. So essentially, it sounds like you've got like something very similar to what Epcot's just done with World Discovery, but with like some rides. Looks like there's a kind of like a roller coaster. There's kind of like a, a like a um what do you call it? A uh what, what what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, carousel, I think. Right. So now, when you go to another world from Celestial Park, you have to go through a portal. And these are these big circular entryways that mark the entrance to each other world. I think that's awesome. I love that idea. Now, listen, they clearly got the idea when they built Nintendo World. Yes. Right? Because that's, you know, you go through the portal, kind yeah. of. You go through the warp, so I, I the warp tunnel. Yeah. Yep. But, I mean, I think it's awesome. I love that. So the portals capture the imagination and creativity of each world and guests embark on a transformative experience as they journey from Celestial Park to the other worlds. The first one we'll talk about. The Wizarding World of Harry Potter Ministry of Magic. We all knew another Harry Potter was coming. I personally, this is the part of the park that I am least interested in. Uh, oh, hmm. it's not because I don't like Harry Potter. I mean, I've, I've come around on that. Like, I, I'm I'm, I'm back to being comfortable enough to be like, yeah, Harry Potter has always been a big part of my life. And, and you know, I enjoy it. But I didn't need a third theme park land. I'm really, I'm cool with it. I'm actually excited about it. So I'm cool with part of it. So the Ministry of Magic sounds awesome. You know, um, but then you've got em er like elements of the 1920s Wizarding Paris from Fantastic Beasts. And I'm like... Yeah, I don't understand you, that. I'm like, you made a theme park land off Fantastic Beasts? Like, I get doing the Ministry of Magic from Order of the Phoenix because, you know, like, there's a great attraction that you can make there with that final action sequence from that movie. But you base things off Fantastic Beasts? Those movies are reviled. They're I terrible. I just don't understand time-wise. Oh. <sighs> Well, yeah, that, that's the other thing. I don't. I, I just think that this is an, an ill-advised concept from the beginning. Look, I'm sure the attraction is going to be awesome. Right. You know, they have yet to let us down with a Harry Potter attraction, but... And the way they made it seem in that video, this is the one they don't want to talk about because it's going to be, like, next level. Yeah. Like, so I, I hope they're thinking, you know, I hope they're using Rise of the Resistance as a barometer. I think they probably are. I think the entire theme park world needs to use Rise of Resistance as a barometer right now. Right. But I mean, yeah, I just I feel like you've already got Hogwarts. You've already got Diagon Alley. I don't need anything more than that. I do. I like Potter to draw for me. Matter of fact, it, in the current existence of Universal, it's like the main draw. So yeah, like I'm if, okay you're, if you're going to do a Ministry of Magic attraction and let's say it is going to be that Harry Potter, like, you know, big like the Death Eaters versus the Order of the Phoenix. Right. 
are you getting Daniel Radcliffe and Emma Stone for that? No. Like, no, there's no way. Well, Emma Stone wasn't even in Harry Potter. Uh, Emma Stone. What Emma Watson is what I meant. Uh, maybe they will replace her with Emma Stone. <laughs> um, no, but maybe, you know, uh, well, I was going to say maybe the new kids from uh, whatever the new show is. But, but you know what? Maybe it is more of a Galaxy's Edge style. Like you're the hero. You're the star of this. Maybe. Land. It could be. It could be that they don't have Harry Potter in there at all. Right. I mean, I think they also learned their lesson with Fantastic Beasts, though, is that people don't want Harry Potter without Harry Potter. Much like people don't want Spider-Man without Spider-Man or Batman without Batman. But theme parks is a little different. You give me a world called the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, I'm expecting Harry Potter in it. I get it. But you know what? I mean, they gave us a, you know, a Galaxy's Edge without any of the real bankable. Well, yeah, you gave, you gave me a Star Wars land. But you gave me a Star Wars land without Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader in it. The Fantastic Beasts blended with Harry Potter with the iconic British Ministry of Magic from the Harry Potter series. Next level attraction. I'm sh- uh, I'm hearing rumors of a great hall dining experience. Okay, that sounds great. Yeah, which I mean, obviously should have been in the original because, you know, Great Hall is in Hogwarts. But apparently they're saying you'll go through like a flu system, like the, with the flu power. Oh, you'll, awesome. tel- yep. you'll teleport to Hogwarts to to get to the, the Great Hall. But you know what I'm saying for this? Like, make it a table service restaurant. You've not given us a Harry Potter table service restaurant. Agreed. Everything is quick service. It's and that, time. That quick service food is not good. I actually don't mind it. I usually only do it for breakfast. I've never done the breakfast there. I'm but never in Universal that early. I'm never. It in is. Universal. It is time for a. Well, yeah, sit, a sit down restaurant. Sit down restaurants in the parks. Those are something that Universal doesn't really do. Right. Um. All right, but now let's get on to what I feel is the most exciting thing, at least for me, <clears throat> Super Nintendo World, where guests will enter the iconic green pipe and discover a new way to play as they step into the worlds of beloved characters like Mario, Luigi, Princess Peach, and Donkey Kong. Now. We pretty much know what this world is going to be. We've seen it in Japan. We've seen it in Hollywood. I believe there is a little bit extra to it because they're going to have a Donkey Kong area, which they don't have that in Hollywood, right? No, I've heard that also. They were doing that. Yeah, I've heard that there's going to be some kind of Donkey Kong roller coaster type thing. I was always hoping for a Donkey Kong uh, log flume, but I'll take a roller coaster, like a barrel coaster. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, that fits perfectly. Um, Now, I've heard rumors that in the first expansion of epic universe they have left a large plot of land next to super nintendo world where they will be expanding for luigi's mansion awesome i'm all for it like you're gonna give me haunted you're gonna give me haunted mansion with mario characters i'm here i'm in now but we also know that it's good that mario kart attraction is going to be the main centerpiece here bowser's castle uh that attraction has not exactly lit the world on fire i was gonna say if if you if they're just bringing the ride from uh hollywood prepare to be underwhelmed i mean they, they've got to be i i can't imagine they're that i mean you know like the way yeah. they brought tron light cycle run over from uh shanghai and you're just kind of like oh okay i guess that's what this is it's i think that's going to be the same thing but now the thing that i love the most what I, and all the videos that i've watched of super nintendo world is the food the food at super nintendo world looks amazing See, I've heard some really iffy things about Toadstool. Okay. So I've know. watched a ton of videos and it all looks good. And the people that I've seen reviewing it. Were they it were they good, all videos so. from when the from when it first opened? I don't know. Because I hear of recent, it's just like gone 
crazy level downhill. Well, at least it'll be it'll be open for the first time, you know. Yeah, there you go. Here, so. they'll still be. It'll be like the first couple months of Galaxy's Edge when they all tried. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the first order, willing to let you walk away from a large order <laughs> just to not break character. Those oh, were the days. So Those were the days. Uh, but yeah, I can't wait for that. I'm gonna get the. I'm gonna get a Mario hat. I'm gonna get the wristband. I mean, like. I know it's kind of boring, but I'm always like the, I, I I don't really like the secondary characters of things that much. Like I'm a Kermit guy, I'm a Superman guy, I'm a Captain America guy, and I'm a Mario guy. Like I'm not I'm not one of those people that's like I'm contrarian and I like Wario or Waluigi or Yoshi. Like no, I'm... I gotta tell you, I actually feel like <clears throat> Mario is a great brand for secondary characters. It is. It has so many great characters in it, and I do love them. But like I got Super Mario Wonder for the the Switch. And right. you, can, you can pick between Mario, Luigi, Peach, Toad, Daisy, and Yoshi. And I played the whole game as Mario. See, I'm, I'm a Luigi guy. I had a feeling. I had a feeling you were going to be Luigi. I love but, Luigi. Yeah. I mean, Luigi's cool. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, and I loved Luigi in the movie. I thought Charlie Day did a great. The movie is so good. It is a good time. Like, I was just thinking about that movie the other day. And I was like, man, that movie is good. Like, video game movies have kind of become the new comic book movie now. In yeah, the, in the, like like I'm still getting excited for them. Like I guess the, the, my hype for Sonic Three is astronomical. What about that Knuckles show? I'm pretty excited about. Oh, that. I'm so excited! For it. And I, you know what, the best thing about it is, like we're getting both Sonic Adventure, Sonic the Hedgehog Three, and Knuckles in the same year. So it's literally Sonic Three and Knuckles, yep. which was the, which was the full yep. game of Sonic right. Three on the Sega Genesis. Uh, so I'm like, oh my god, this is the year of Sonic Three and Knuckles. Ah, uh, I'm so hyped for it. I, I, I actually, you know what I just did? I, I was so hyped when I saw the Knuckles trailer. I actually played Sonic the Hedgehog two and three and Knuckles, uh, for the first time since I was a kid and beat them both for the first time. Because when I was That's a kid, awesome. I, when I was a kid, I was never capable of beating. Right, these. right. Um, but yeah, I, I, I finally beat them. I like it was like um with with the switch like giving me like the power to play all these old games. It's like I finally beat Donkey Kong Country. I finally beat uh, Super Mario World. I finally beat Sonic Two. The first game I ever beat was Final Fantasy Seven for the, the Sony PlayStation, and that was in okay. like ninety seven or ninety eight. Yep. You know, never beat Maximum Carnage. Never beat Mario World. Never beat Sonic. Like so. By the way, the end of this month, I'm going to be pretty much dead to the world uh, when Final Fantasy VII Rebirth comes out. Like, you think I'm hyped for the song? So, now, have you heard the casting rumor for Sonic 3? No. That everyone's excited about? The potential of Hayden Christensen as Shadow the Hedgehog? Oh, wow. I would love that. All right, moving along, because I know we're running out of time here. Uh, Dark Universe. Now, this, I know, this, is, this is what I'm most excited about. Yes, and we don't know much about what it's going to be. Ethan but, and I, it's funny, we sit at home and we're just like, do you think anyone else is really excited about yes. Dark Universe like we yes, are? They, no, yes, they are. I can tell Good, you Because that's what fact. I think is going to be great. Dark Universe is where guests encounter everything from the experiments of Dr. Franken... Victor- I does it say Dr. Victoria Frankenstein? Is that a typo or is that... Or did they... Did they do that? I don't know. Maybe we're switching it up a little bit. Dr. Frankenstein to the shadowy landscape where monsters roam in a world of myth and mystery. Um... Now, in Celestial Park, we know that we have Starfall Racers, a dual-launch racing coaster 
that sends guests rocketing through the skies aboard comets in a race to see who's the fastest of them all, reaching speeds of up to 62 miles per hour and heights of up to 133 feet along 5,000 feet of track. Starfold Racers will be Epic Universe's most thrilling coaster experience with unique maneuvers, such as the Celestial Spin. Um, then you have the Constellation Carousel. Now, also here, you are going to have um, the How to Train Your Dragon area, Isle of Burke. Where guests can soar with dragons in a colorful world filled with the Viking adventures based on the wildly popular How to Train Your Dragon film franchise. I believe that's all the worlds. Um, let me know. Yeah, hold on. Let me just look at the thing. Celestial Park, Mario, Dark Universe, the Helios Hotel, Harry Potter, How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah, that's all of them. Now, in, in speaking of Nintendo, have you heard the rumors of Nintendo being in every park? Of the I mean, if they could find a way to do that, they should. The rumor is that I've been hearing these. This is rumor. Remember, um, the rumor that's been going around heavily is that um, the Lost Continent is going to become Hyrule from Zelda. Right. I've heard that also. Probably and, from you. Yeah. And the other rumor is that um, uh, Simpsons will eventually become Pokemon. Uh, right. We talked about this. There's like, not enough room, but. I look, I get it. Like you just built this Simpsons area, but at the end of the day, it's 2024. Come on. Like the Simpsons, right. like you, you have an opportunity for Pokemon. You get rid of anything you have to get rid of to get Pokemon in there. <laughs> like Pokemon is still huge. It's still huge. Um, Really quick. The, um, let me ask you a question. You think uh, Disney would ever get the Simpsons back? I mean, if universal passes on renewing the contract, I would assume Disney would get it, but I don't think Disney would, do anything with it i don't think so either uh, so an array of unique dining experiences ranging from full service restaurants to quick service locations that offer something for every plate including atlantic a full service surf and turf restaurant set inside a victorian aquarium complete with captivating views of celestial park and the blue dragon pan asian restaurant where diners take a culinary journey across asia as they enjoy authentic chinese japanese and thai fare in this full-service restaurant accented with neon dragons and ethereal lanterns. Additional must-eat locations within Celestial Park will include the Oak and Star Tavern, where guests can enjoy savory barbecue, Pizza Moon, which will serve up a tasty menu featuring a variety of pizzas, and more. Detailed retail locations, including the Nintendo Superstar Store, where guests can shop in an assortment of merchandise themed to Super Nintendo World, Moonship Chocolates and Celestial Sweets, where guests can satisfy their cravings with a unique selection of sweet treats and more. Entertainment, including various fountain shows throughout Celestial Park's seven acres of water, where a multitude of fountains sway, dance, and even reach heights up to 135 feet in the air, to music and interactive lighting from day to night. I guess if Epcot's not going to do it anymore, Universal can do it. Why, why not? And located inside Epic Universe at the end of Celestial Park is obviously the Universal Helios Grand Hotel, designed to transport guests to a world where the heavens and earth unite, complete with, a, with 500 rooms, one-of-a-kind views, and its very own dedicated entrance into the theme park. That's epic universe. I think it's gonna be great. It sounds epic. I mean, not to not to be cliche, but it does. It really does. So, I mean, I'm personally very excited for it. Me too. I think it's gonna be crazy when it opens. Yeah. I mean, oh, it's gonna be insane. Be insane. But I'm excited for you to go there on opening day. I'm gonna try for sure. So, you know, we'll see. All right, my friend. Uh, anything else you want to add this week? No. Yeah, nice show today. All right. Well, that's going to do it for Two Men in the Mouse this week, folks. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to our wonderful patrons over at patreon.com slash Two Men in the Mouse. And if you want to see our good buddy Peter Mandel, check him out at Rogue Comics at 105 North Union Avenue, Craver, New Jersey, 0716, or go to roguecomics.com where you can find a link to Pete's eBay store. Uh, if you're planning a trip to Walt Disney World or any Disney 
or universal uh, location throughout the world. Our friends at Away With Me Travel have got you covered. They book Pete's trips. They're booking my wedding cruise. They're, you know, they are uh, our trusted travel companion <clears throat> or advisor, not companion. Like, like Justin's not coming with us. Like, <laughs> And he'll come but, with you on every yeah, trip. He, yep. He'll be there to like, you know, fold your napkin for you and all that other stuff. But, uh, and folks, uh, for me, please check out my books over on Amazon.com. Check out the Morning Monster YouTube channel. Um, well, that does it for this week. Pete, any closing words? Yeah, I'll see you again next week, Kevin. All right. Uh, folks, thank you so much for joining us again. This and every week, we'll see you next week on Two Men and the Mouse. So there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. There's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow just a dream away. If you're standing, please hold on to the handrails and stay clear of the doors until the monorail stops completely and the doors open. If this concludes your visit, we hope you've had a wonderful time and will return home safely. Thank you for traveling with us. This has been YDF Media Productions.